I know you're probably having a heart attack because when I first did it, I really started to think like, well, what if I don't see the email within the first hour? And I'm one of those people that like to reply and have like a zero inbox policy. But honestly, it's not the end of the world. I, as I just said, had a really serious detachment issue when I first turned these off. But over time, it became so freeing. And this is available to you as well. Dear Balancer, I know you're a determined person on the lookout for ways to live a more fulfilling and balanced life, but you're busy. And if we're being honest, that busyness often comes at the expense of your priorities. The Balance Theory podcast is made to teach busy bees just like you how to find and own your own definition of balance so that you can become unapologetic in how you choose to spend your time. I'm your host, Erica, and together, let's find your unique balance. Hey, balancers, and welcome back to another podcast episode. I'm your host, Erica, and I know you're someone who is seeking to get the most out of life, out of your time, which made me start to think. You'd probably also want to know if there were some daily activities that were making you currently less productive. So today's episode is dedicated to just that. We're going to bring some awareness to common habits or behaviors that we're all guilty of, yes, me included, that I feel are really impacting our productivity. Now, I don't like raising awareness to things like this without offering some kind of practical solution. I feel like often you can hear so many tools and tips, but not actually knowing how to implement them in your day-to-day life can make them just sort of stay as a thought or something you hear rather than an actionable thing that you apply to your life. So what I'll also be doing is sharing some practical ways you can actually stop yourself falling into these daily activities slash ways you can shake them off. But before we dive in, I just want to remind anyone that's been thinking of giving us some feedback for the show and for whatever reason, haven't gotten around to it or have just put it off. Our survey for 2023 for you to give your creative input into the show is only going to be open for the next two weeks. So time is running out and I really want you to have your say so that you can contribute to our vision for next year. So now's the chance. It will only take you five or 10 minutes. The link is in the show notes. Please jump over when you get a chance. And I can't wait to dive in and digest all of your feedback. All right, let's dive into today's episode. So I can guarantee a thousand percent, even more 2000 percent that you will be guilty of multiple of these things, as am I. And some may not be that groundbreaking either. But just because we've heard something before doesn't mean we can't use a timely reminder. I think It's timely specifically because we're heading towards the end of year. We've got, what, a week or so before Christmas and then the New Year's just around the corner. So now is a great time to do an audit and work out where you can actually start to fine-tune, improve, and audit your schedule and your time. Next week's episode is going to be a really powerful one. It's going to be based around some powerful reflections that you can do to really help you reflect on the year that's gone by. But this week is a nice little precursor to that to get us thinking about the actual habits and things we want to change or might want to look to change as a new year rolls around. All right, so let's start at number one. The first daily activity that is making you and I less productive is technology and specifically tech distractions. Now, this is a really hard one, I find personally, because tech is one of those double-edged swords. It can make us more productive, but at times has the complete opposite effect. So what I want you to note most importantly about this point is that it is about the distraction side of tech. That is what's making you less productive, not the tech itself. So I'm sure you know that on your phone or computer, there are multiple apps, some of which help you become more productive or help you track certain things like your fitness goals or your food or whatever it is that help you move towards 
whatever it is you want to achieve. And then there are those apps that just serve as a pure distraction, like responding to messages, social media, always having your notification alerts on, etc. So I'm a firm believer that if you're serious about changing a habit, you need to make your environment as conducive as possible to enabling whatever that new behavior is. So if your phone is a distraction, right? And when you work, you have it right next to you face up. You're not creating an environment that's going to make you stick to the habit of not checking your phone because it's right there. It's tempting. It's in your face. The easiest thing to do, and this is especially useful if you're kind of addicted to your phone or find it's just absolute second nature for you to check it, is to remove the temptation. So I have two simple suggestions that really improved my focus and productivity because checking my phone became this subconscious craving almost like I would literally just do it open my phone, automatically go on Instagram. And I was like, wow, I didn't even think about that. It's kind of like the automatic habits you do in the morning. It honestly became like that. So the two really successful things that I implemented were the first was app limiters. So something I've spoken about before, you can go into your settings on your phone and limit how long you're allowed to spend on an app every day. And basically if you so say, let's say you do 30 minutes for Instagram, as the time gets closer, it'll do a little pop-up and let you know you've only got five minutes left. It also makes you a little bit more intentional with how you spend your time on the app, but also brings to your awareness how much time or how quickly the time goes when you are on these apps. Like sometimes you won't even get out of bed and the app limiter will pop up and you'll be like, oh my God, I've already spent 30 minutes on the app. So really good for self-awareness and a bit of control. Obviously you need a bit of discipline because you can just ignore the limiter as well. You can click like ignore for today. So really try and avoid doing that and stick to whatever limits you set for yourself. You can always start higher, like one hour a day and then go down two. But that's one that's been really useful. And you can also do it per app that you find you're, you know, spending the most time on that's distracting you. And the second is I sort of hinted to it before is just hiding your phone out of sight. So honestly, just remove the temptation. I remember when I was studying for HSC because I was that addicted to going on it all the time. I used to put it in my drawer and I would use it as a bit of a motivator so I can check my phone after like two pages of writing or a certain amount of minutes studying, whatever it is. Like you can give yourself those pause breaks, but physically removing the distraction means you don't give the opportunity for notifications to grab your attention. You don't even have the temptation to look at it. And ultimately, I think that temptation comes up when you see it and then you have that craving or that thought of, oh, I wonder if I have any notifications. So if it's out of your sight, it kind of is out of your mind too. So give that one a go. The third one, actually, I do have a third tip and it is using the focus feature on the iPhone. This is amazing. And recently what I've been doing is leaving the do not disturb or focus feature on until I actually start my work. So what this is, is if you swipe down in the notifications section, I think it's like a little moon emoji and it turns on do not disturb. So it means that no notifications will pop up on your home screen. I put this on from just before I go to bed and I leave it on until I start my work day, which means I don't know who's messaged me. I don't know what Instagram, TikTok notifications I've had. I don't know what emails have come through. And it just gives me that window to focus on myself, my self-care in the morning, my exercise, whatever it is I need to do. And that one is amazing. I feel so good because I don't have the temptation of, I need to reply to that text or I have a missed call from this person. You don't feel obliged to give your energy anywhere else. So that has been incredible. And really pushing it out until like I start my work day has been amazing. So I would recommend all three to help you break the habit of being distracted by tech. The second activity that we're doing every day that's contributing to our lack of productivity is starting too late in our day. Now, I want you to tackle this one 
with a grain of salt within the context of your own schedule. So a lot of you will have a nine to five style job. Others of you will be used to starting your job at 2 p.m. or midnight if you're a shift worker. So I want you to consider the start of your day as whenever you usually start your day. And when I say a late start, consider that as anything later to what you're used to. So when we procrastinate the very beginning of our day, we can fall into a bit of an I'll do it later mentality or on the flip are really scattered in our minds because we've had to plunge into a day behind the eight ball. You're kind of already starting a couple seats back. And to me personally, because I've been in both of these situations multiple times, these circumstances are never ideal for productivity. And you don't need to be a morning person to be prone to this either. It's simply what I feel comes down to the headspace that you put yourself in to kickstart your day. So starting late, and by the way, I will say, even if you're at work on time, you can still start late because you socialize or procrastinate for the first hour or so. So starting late doesn't really sink you into a proactive on mood. Rather, it kickstarts you in a completely different pace and tune. It would be more productive for you to postpone the coffee, the socializing, all of that after you've already started your day and use that as an effective break. At least at that moment, you're already on, you've started your activities for the day, And you're in that headspace of working as opposed to getting around to it later. For me, this has been really game changing and really only requires a really small commitment on your part to start your day before doing those other activities that you often fall into that make you start late. Again, I just want to drill home the point here that the idea is not to get rid of those little distractions of socializing, getting a coffee, whatever it is that pushes back the start of your day. They're really great things for intentional breaks but push them out a little bit. So the first thing you do is get into that work headspace. Even if that's just checking your emails or writing your to-do list, something to just ground you in work before you start your day and connect with the pace of working and being on. Okay, the third one is probably my favorite because it was the one on this whole list that I was most guilty of and the one which once I became most aware of it and took steps to fix it, or kind of cushion pad around it, radically improve my productivity. And that is, I know some of you are going to be very guilty of this too, neurotically checking emails. This is the number one habit daily that derails productivity. Your inbox is one of those things that disguises itself as a vessel of productivity, when in reality, it's a total time sucker. Checking your email, and I feel this so strongly, is often a way to distract yourself from more important tasks while still giving you that feeling that you're being productive. Now, if I'm being honest with myself, and if you're being honest with yourself, checking your email that regularly is not actually moving the needle in your business or to-do list. When we neurotically check our emails, we enter this reactive mode. We're answering things that typically aren't that important at that moment in time anyway. And we also prompt this context switch environment, which really reduces your mental energy. So when you're switching between what you're doing, it takes a lot of energy and focus to go back into a task as opposed to just staying focused on the one thing. So I have two really useful tips for this habit. The first is to turn off email notifications on your personal phone. I understand for a lot of people, they're going to have work phones and that's what they're there for, but make sure you're using that within work hours. And I mean, I would invite you to extend this tip to also your work phone, but particularly with your personal phones, turn your email notifications off entirely. Just do it. Detach. I know you're probably having a heart attack because when I first did it, I really started to think like, well, what if I don't see the email within the first hour? And I'm one of those people that like to reply and have like a zero inbox policy. But honestly, it's not the end of the world. I, as I just said, had a really serious detachment issue when I first turned these off. 
But over time, it became so freeing. And this is available to you as well. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It also started to become like a really nice surprise when I would open my inbox because I didn't know what was sitting in there. And this psychologically eases the need to check your email and won't distract you from the tasks that you're giving your focus to because you've had something come through the inbox. The second tip here is to set limits on how often and when you dedicate time to your inbox and just make sure that you're out of it at any other time. So what I've seen a lot of people do and what I now like to do as well, what I've adopted is having a few windows in the day that I dedicate to checking emails. Now this is gonna vary depending on yourself, your work, the context of your role, and when is most suitable for you. But for me personally, I like having a gap or space first thing in the morning when I sit down at my desk to work, 20 or 30 minute block to just nut through emails and clean up my inbox. And then I don't check them again until closer to lunchtime and then once more before signing off. So rather than hopping in and out of my inbox all day, shifting my focus and energy, draining myself, I have these condensed three blocks, which by the way, is still more than enough time to get back to things that are urgent, same day required. And it's really helped me become more productive throughout the course of my day. I will be honest, it does take time to build the discipline. But you can also use things like alarms to help you really stick to it and build up that muscle over time. It will become easier, but I guarantee instantly you will feel some kind of relief or weight off your shoulders from not squandering around in your inbox, looking for something to disguise your time with or feeling like a need or pull to have to constantly check it. Honestly, game changing. Just just give it a go. So the fourth activity that's making you less productive is back to back meetings. I get it. Sometimes things are crazy and you just have those days that are full of meetings. I'm not asking or encouraging you to bail on any of them. I'm asking you simply to wedge the smallest gaps in between them. Nothing makes me happier when I go to book a call with someone and on the calendar, the options are 25 minutes or 55 minutes. And to me, I have like a little happy dance because I feel like this is the ultimate self-care within the work context because you see the value in needing a little bit of rest a mental break before giving your full attention to something else. Even 10 minutes is great if you can afford it. The reason it makes you more productive, right? And I feel like a lot of people will be like, oh, well, I just don't have time to schedule that in. But I actually think it makes us more productive and so is worth considering. And the reason is because you have time to decompress and refocus for the next person. So after you jump off a call, sometimes you have so many thoughts running through your mind. You really need to just gather yourself and your perspective, some ideas, let some creativity flow. And if you kind of block that off and just jump into the next one, there's A, a missed opportunity to decompress from that call and kind of gather your thoughts. And you're also going into the next call without a fresh mind. You're probably still thinking about the call before. So if you have the capacity to control your own calendar, I would recommend switching the booking options to 25 minutes and 55 minutes. And when you are organizing calls, if you're organizing team meetings or organizing catch-ups with people, whatever it is, 
push things out to have a small five minute break. Honestly, in the scheme of a 30 or 60 minute meeting, five minutes is nothing in in the context of that entire call. But for you, it can be the make or break between you giving 50% of your energy to the next call or 100% of your energy. You can honestly thank me later for this one, but I don't see any reason to not adopt this and give it a crack. On the topic of having breaks, the fifth activity making you less productive is only taking a lunch break, or a lot of us will be guilty of this too, not taking a break at all. Look, this one might come down to how you personally like to operate, but I really can't see past having regular short breaks to let the mind refresh. Kind of like the same mentality of point number five of having those short breaks in between meetings. Sure, at times you're deep in work and you can get lost in a wave of productivity, But for most days, we could all really benefit from regular pauses. Again, it doesn't have to be anything too drastic. Nothing I ever suggest is going to require you to make monumental shifts in your day. It's about the small things we can do to really bolster the work and the lifestyle that we're already leading. And so for me, regular short breaks look like 10 minutes, ideal, 5, 15, whatever works for you. But here's the kicker. You need to do something in that time that is rejuvenating and not energy depleting. Obviously, your best place to know what that feels like. But if you use an energy break to do something that is life sucking, like if you find scrolling on social media after a long period of time really pulls down your energy or eating junk food, for example, if you're having like a bit of a brain break or an energy break to refuel yourself, then doing activities like this are going to be counterintuitive. So have a think about what gives you energy in small bursts. Sometimes it's a bit of movement. I used to love just leaving the office and going for a walk around the block. I used to work in the city really close to a massive park. And that to me would be rejuvenating, especially if the sun was out. Sometimes popping out to get a coffee and just that whole experience of watching the barista make it, smelling the fresh beans and just having that first sip. To me, that was like an entire experience. So rejuvenating, took me no longer than 10 minutes. Sometimes it's a bit of socializing. So only you know what it is that's going to energize you. Maybe it's a bit of stretching. I don't know. You've got to work that one out. But whatever you need to embrace an energy break, do a thing that's going to give you energy. And of course, have the breaks. Your productivity will really benefit from it for all the same reasons I mentioned before, that you're going in with renewed energy, renewed focus, and a fresh mind to the next task. All right, the sixth and final thing making you less productive every day is not having your priorities clear and front of mind each morning. Here's the problem. You have multiple things you need to do each day, no doubt about it. So if you aren't clear, which is most important, it's highly likely that random tasks, emails, other work distractions or other last minute tasks will come in, fill your time and make it extremely difficult to keep the most important thing as the most important thing versus if you're clear on what that is. So if you're clear on the one or two things that are non-negotiable that you have to get done that day, you can easily prioritize those and navigate anything else that gets stacked on top around those tasks. I have two tips here for avoiding falling into this productivity sucker. The first is a simple to-do list, which I'm sure many, many of you already use. So that's really just identifying the tasks that need to be done that day. And if anything else comes in, then you can start to kind of rank it in terms of, well, it's not on my list of things to do today, but it is pretty important. So you might then put it above something else that's already on your to-do list, but at least you have those items front and center. And you can very easily manage your priorities at that point. The second one is a step a little bit further than this, and it's time blocking. Something you guys have heard me talk about multiple times on the show. 
but it really is my ultimate favorite tool for maximizing every single day. And in short, this is how it works. You basically will have your to-do list or a general sense of everything you need to get done that day. And you will block out time specifically for each task. So let's say, for example, your to-do list is emails, writing a report and a team meeting. Let's just keep it simple. That's your morning to-do list. You're going to put 9 to 9.30 checking emails. You're then going to put 9.30 to 11 for writing your report. Then you're going to put 11 to 11.55 because we're not going the full 60 for your meeting. And that gives you really clear parameters and timeframes in which you have to do each task. And you don't get lost stretching out tasks just because you've got endless amount of time or getting lost doing other things that may not be as important. If you find you're in a role where you get a lot of like random requests, urgent last minute things, then you can still utilize time blocking for the things you need. But then you could also put in like a one or two hour gap in the afternoon or after lunch for miscellaneous things that might pop up or as just like a bit of space for you to decide at that moment in time what you need to do. So give it a go. It's definitely worth it. And something I found has made an incredible difference to my productivity. But there you have it. The six things that we do every day that I feel are making us all less productive and really simple, actionable ways that you can provide a workaround for them starting right now. I know it can feel overwhelming sometimes when you have an idea of a lot of things you want to change all at once. So what I want to recommend is that you choose just one of these things to start with. Maybe you have a list of multiple that you feel you want to change and tackle and address or just implement little things around. But I would strongly urge you to just do one at a time, because often when we try and change a lot of things at once, it can feel like a bit of a shock to the system and we don't give ourselves time to adapt and grow and change with whatever the altered habit or behavior is. So pick the one that you feel you're most guilty of, you feel that will make the most impact on your productivity and start implementing the practical tips to make that change in your life. And once that becomes like automatic behavior or you feel like it's fully embraced in your routine, then you can go and look at the second, the third, the fourth, etc. I know you're going to have either a work colleague, a friend or a family member who could benefit from listening to a couple productivity tips in their day. So send this on to them now. Knowledge is great when we hear it, but it's even better when we share it. And it makes for a beautiful way to grow our balancer community. Thank you all so much for tuning into another episode. I'm so grateful to have you here on this self-growth journey with me. And I'll see you all on Monday for another guest episode. Until then, stay balanced.